Welcome to the Kuppinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. My guest today is Anne Bailey. She is an analyst at Kuppinger Coal as well. She's working out of Stuttgart. And today we want to talk about enterprise information protection. Hi, Annie. Hello, Matthias. Thanks for having me. Great to have you, and especially when it's around such a yeah, more or less new topic for us. Um, this is uh, something that we have not yet covered in this podcast. And so we want to dive a bit into this market segment of um, enterprise information protection. Uh, you did a market compass, a survey document about this topic. Um, can you tell me a bit more about this, this overall market segment, about um, what is EIP about? What are the benefits here? Yeah, absolutely. So it's always helpful to have a bit of the backstory um, to know why enterprise information protection is important. So it's uh, following the story of the organization and how they typically handle security of information. And so organizations, once upon a time, were exclusively on-premise, or um, at least much more so than today. But uh, we have a different situation. Organizations are working in a totally different environment today, and this is um, from a lot of different reasons, from people accessing information from different devices, both corporate and personal, um, from accessing this information from many different locations, from home, on a work trip, from the office. Um, and in many cases right now, many more people are accessing this information from home, from personal devices. And of course, the need for collaboration has increased between internal and external partners. Um, and so the sensitive information is always on the move. Um, and it's definitely not staying in place on premise the way it used to. So that's the, the need for enterprise information protection for this EIP um, types of solutions. So what are the major use cases when it comes to enterprise information protection? So what, what types of information is protected and how can that be achieved here? Mm -hmm. So we have the protection of information like intellectual property, which is really intrinsic to running and operating as a business. So this information is definitely protected. Um, you have this in regulated industries. So for sure in um, defense, there's a lot of classified information. Um, this also applies to PI and PII data. So that of customers, that of partners, simply handling data in a, in a way that uh, reflects its sensitivity. And then... As an extension of this, another use case which is rising is to facilitate more collaboration. So as people, even as internal employees are working more and more from home, they have to collaborate with each other, which requires sensitive information, quote unquote, remaining within the organization, but still having to be bounced around between many different devices and locations. So we are protecting information um, that is sensitive on devices that are considered basically as hostile. So we need to really protect the information from the environment and from most probably also um, evil actors as well. Yes, absolutely. And um, from the inside threat as well, many 
data breaches or loss of data happens from internal employees without any um, uh, malicious intent, but from mishandling or without um, being totally aware of who has access to that data or where it's been sent um, or who's downloaded it or printed it. So there's a lot of risk coming from inside as well from well-intentioned people. Right. So it's really also protecting the organization from just, yeah, from human error as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So when these solutions are really done well, um, they work with the employees. So this is really to protect information in the, the flow of normal business as usual. And so it really has to fit with people's normal habits for working with information and for collaboration. Otherwise, the information won't be protected. They won't comply or use the solution. But on the other hand, it has to have enough strength, enough protective strength, that it only allows the appropriate people to have access to this information for the appropriate function. Right. So, and as we are speaking, um, there was this uh, recent development that the European Court of Justice just um, does not longer accept this concept of the U.S. privacy shield. So, this concept of enterprise information protection could also be applied to protect data um, within the uh, systems that are outside of the uh, EU to protect that information outside there. Is that also a use case? Yeah, yeah. So, this is a very a new use case that may be um, a response to organizations needing to quickly move their cloud hosting out of the U.S. Uh, so EIP solutions may be able to give organizations more control and more, more security in sharing the information that they need to while having to adjust their, their cloud hosting situation. Okay. So now that we know what we want to protect and where we want to protect it, how do we do that? What are the functionalities that you looked at in this market compass? Yeah, so this market space is still really dynamic. There are a lot of different vendors that use different technologies in different combinations to achieve the same purpose. Um, and so there's a big long list of technologies that are being used in different ways. So one of those is encryption. This really helps to <laughs> protect the sensitive information in the documents, um, both at the folder and the file level. Document repositories are sometimes part of a solution for secure storage. And this is really nice for a lot of highly regulated industries that want the storage to be on-premise, but these can increasingly be hosted in the cloud. But what's something that is really important and unique to enterprise information protection is that these repositories have to have strong access controls um, because that's where the protection and the fine-grained assignment of entitlements to different users comes from. And that leads us right into this idea of information rights management, which is really dealing with providing entitlement management. And this, again, it, it ties into access management. So these really go hand in hand to outline what users are able to do with this sensitive information. So that breaks down into being able to edit or not be able to edit um, if you want to restrict users 
to only viewing or perhaps only viewing but not printing or making screenshots. And this can, of course, be also controlled and limited by your location, dependent on IP address, by the time, if your organization is only active in one time zone and you don't have any business travelers, then it doesn't make any sense for somebody to access a sensitive file in the middle of the night. So these are also some controls which can be given over access to sensitive information. Right. So if you are using a um, potentially untrusted device, so restricting this, this, these entitlements to only being able to, to view or um, without being able to print or make screenshots makes perfect sense so that the um, document could even be used or that the file storage could even be used from such a device without any danger of um, exfiltrating any data from here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing to be on the lookout for is the breadth of this protection. You know, is your file protected at all times? And so that's kind of broken down into three stages, making sure that the file is protected at rest. Um, so when it's in storage, not being used, you have to protect the file while it's in motion. And um, particularly for the collaboration use case, It has to be protected in use. So especially with multiple parties viewing or editing, these all have to be paid attention to. Right. And this is also something that we see in our um, advisory work as Kupinger Codes, that we uh, collaborate um, with our customers um, through these uh, secured um, um, platforms where we can securely share and collaborate um, with documents uh, together with our customers without uh, the danger of these documents being compromised during our work. And that is really an important thing here. Mm -hmm. um, and one thing which is really helpful, especially when tracking the protection in use, is to have document versioning. And so this really helps for auditability, but also it, it simply is really useful um, when you're cycling a document from multiple collaborators and needing to check who made what changes at what time or revert back to an old version. So protection also needs to be present for all major file types. So depending on your industry, you use different files more frequently, like TAD files, MS Office across the board, but also image and audio files should be supported. Right. And um, when we talk with our customers, we also often apply um, yeah, risk analysis processes when, when it comes to um, yeah, protecting information um, at the right level um, in the right systems. Does that tie in here as well? So classification, making sure that this is top secret, this is um, public, and some documents are in between. Does this tie in into this um, enterprise information protection as well? Yes, yeah, so in a larger sense, classification is absolutely part of the information protection life cycle. For this particular report, we didn't focus as much on classification because there are so many standalone classification vendors or vendors that really specialize on that capability that we didn't include it here, but it is really important for an overall information protection approach. Right. So, um, as you did this report, um, I, I assume it is already published. Is it available already on our website? Yes, it is. Um, yeah, it's available on KC Plus. It covers uh, a lot of different vendors, again, who look at this 
problem from different ways and, and meeting different industry needs. So it's a, yeah, it's available for you to read. Okay, perfect. Thank you very much. Um, so thank you very much, Annie, for giving us a short insight into this interesting, obviously emerging market segment as well. Um, our audience, if you are interested in learning more about that, of course, they can go to KC Plus, to kubingacole.com and just search for Enterprise Information Protection and um, have a look at that document. Of course, there is even more interest. Of course, you can get in touch with us at Kupinger Cole. Just um, get in touch um, via all, one of our feedback channels. And then you can get in touch with me or with Annie and learn more about enterprise information protection. Anything to add from your side? Nothing from my end. It's a really dynamic space. So it's great to get yourself caught up now. And then you can stay up to date as changes happen, as new um, approaches become more um, solidified in this space. So, And you can learn how to tie this into an overall uh, cybersecurity strategy as well. So that would be then one building block of that. So thanks again, Annie, for joining me today. And I'm looking forward to having you in one other episode soon. Thank you very much, Annie. Thank you, Matthias. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.